Greetings, folks, and welcome to episode 75 of the Far Beyond Metal podcast. I'm your host and guide on this metal journey, Daniel Cordova. In this episode, I am recommending the one-man atmospheric metal band from Kansas City, Missouri, Molotov. But before that, I welcome another metal hero of mine in Justin Foley. Justin is a drummer of one of my all-time favorite bands, Killswitch Engage. I've been listening to Killswitch Engage pretty much since I got into metal, like junior high or something, so this is... This was kind of a big deal for me, I gotta say. Like all touring bands, they were forced to postpone their spring and summer touring plans. But on May 1st, they released an EP called Atonement 2, B-Sides for Charity via Bandcamp. Justin came on the show to discuss life in Florida during this weird time, The Simpsons, the aforementioned Atonement 2 EP, The Simpsons, Life on the Road, and more. But seriously, I'm also a huge Simpsons fan, as is Justin, and we nerd out about it for a while. It was a lot of fun. So before we get to my chat with Justin Foley, here are some of Kill Switch Engage's Killing of Leviathan from Atonement 2 B-Sides for Charity. Not too bad, sir. How are you? I'm doing all right. Hanging in there. Good, good. How is your uh, your quarantine treating you? It's going. Um, I'm. Uh, I live in Florida. You may have heard some of the jokes about the Florida quarantine. Oh, so, so. you don't know what the quarantine is? <laughs> is what I'm understanding. <laughs> yeah, everything seems fine. What are you guys talking about out there? How's the Disney World looking? Uh, I mean, we're supposed <laughs> to go in November. We'll see how that goes. Uh, yeah. Who knows? Um, yeah, it's going like, you know, you know how it is down here. It's a little bit weird, but um, I've just kind of been hunkering down and just doing a whole lot of nothing. Yeah, I hear that. Uh, I imagine with, uh, you know, the road being canceled, you've got a lot of uh, time at home to just sort of figure out other things to do. How have you been keeping busy? Uh, a lot of um, trips to the vet with my cats. Oh, oh no. <laughs> Yeah. Well, they decided since I was going to be home all the time that they needed to, you know, have all kinds of health issues crop up. So, yeah, pre- pretty much the only place I've gone to leave my house has been different uh, vet offices. But they're uh, they're getting through. Other than that, I've just sort of been um, playing, just sort of doing some random writing of whatever comes to mind, and just patiently waiting, I guess. How have your cats reacted to be you being home more? I have a couple cats myself, and they seem stoked about it right now. The real winners in all this are the pets all over the world because they are just stoked. All the cats and dogs are thrilled to have their owners home. I'm sure they're gonna be heartbroken the first time I have to go to a show and like you know I'm out all night. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. They're gonna wonder what they did wrong to drive you out <laughs> of the house. We had it so good for so long, and I just threw it away for what? <laughs> 
so first off, uh, Killswitch Engage recently released an EP of songs through Bandcamp and was giving away money to charity, uh, which is super cool of you guys. And not to like, I don't know, for to give you a chance to gloat, but like, do you know how much you guys have made off the that was it just the first week or however much? Yeah, I think it. I think it was a week, and I don't know specifically, but I think it was somewhere in the neighborhood of. 30,000 maybe somewhere in that range which is pretty which is pretty cool i mean um you know our fans really stepped up and we kind of did like an optional name your price sort of thing with Mm -hmm. it too and uh everyone was just really cool uh donating you know basically just making donations and then you know getting some some b-sides to go along with it Yeah, I, I noticed uh, when it was like announced, Jesse was saying that the songs didn't make the, the final cut of the main album. Why why didn't these particular songs make, like, what what about them didn't make them fit? Well, this, this time through, we had written just too much, really. We had way too much material, and at the end of all the writing, we, you know, we were going to pare it down to a record, so there were, inevitably there were going to be a bunch of B-sides. And the idea at the beginning was... Um, in theory a really good idea we thought uh the more that we have the stronger the end product can be but what actually ended up happening was that it made the process take a lot longer and it was slightly frustrating at times to have too much material you know to work on and I'm so good sorry I was, um so you know then then once we pared it down for the record there was a pretty decent chunk of songs left over and um it was a little it was a little tricky between some of the ones that were left over and some of the ones that did make the record but in general I uh when we got the final mixes not too long ago of that stuff um to release it for this I remember listening through it and thinking to myself yeah these are definitely B-sides <laughs> I feel glad that we made um the choices we made and had the other ones um be on the record and I've done some recording, albeit not in a super professional setting, but I know how much work goes into recording a song. Is part of you bummed when a song doesn't make an album, or at this point you just you just like kind of get it? Well, you, you almost have to um, distance yourself from it a little bit because it's a problem if you get attached to songs for one reason or another, and that goes like all the way back to the demo stage. So when we're doing demos, you try really hard not to get really attached to a demo. Um, whether it's something like maybe I'll write a demo and I'll be stoked on it. And then I'll, the other guys will say, nope, trash. And I'll be like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> but you, you can't really let that bother you. Um, and it's the same through the whole process. You can't over listen to your s- stuff really. And you can't fall in love with your own stuff because at the end you want to think critically about it to make sure that you're putting the best thing forward and not something that maybe um, you're attached to, but it's not as strong as it should be. And this sounds like something that you had to learn. Do you remember the first song where the guys weren't on board for it that just kind of broke your heart and did it wind up making a, an album or anything? Um, huh. I think that there were a few. Um, there were a few of those during the second self-titled record process. Like there were a few demos that we collectively had written that we were really excited on. And then for whatever reason, when the final version of the song was finished and you know the final product was presented we're also like oh that's not that's not as good as we hoped it would be (laughs) there are there are a couple in that and i think that's that's um that was a good example of it not the whole record as a whole i'm saying i'm saying it's a couple tracks (laughs) i understand i mean i'm i'm rather fond of the the jaguar album myself 
So, oh, I like that term for it. Has that not been said before? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't know if I've heard it that way. We probably should have called it the Jaguar album. That would have been better. This reminds you like self-titled Peter, too. Like Peter Gabriel's four self-titled albums have all become like what's going on on the cover, and I just glance at mine and yeah, a couple Jaguars. Well, I got the special I mean, one, so it's you know. That makes sense. It's like the Weezer Blue album, you know? Oh, yeah. Makes sense. Um, you, you, since you're no stranger to B-sides, I imagine there's a bit of a... Is there a vault of Killswitch Engage, or you, have you guys kind of tapped into that for special editions and this this uh, EP? I, I don't think there's much left at all um, lying around. There's probably a ton of demos that we threw away before we even tracked them, but um, whether or not anyone has those in some file in the dark corners of their computer is another story but anything that's been tracked and you know finished you know mixed uh vocals everything done i think just about all of that has in one form or another been released on you know like you said special editions or this crop of b-sides coming out here uh, so switching gears a bit before like everything got shut down, um, you guys were on tour with August Burns Red and Light the Torch. How are those those dates going? Albeit briefly going. Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for reminding me. Sorry. I yeah. mean, I was slated to go to one of the shows, so I I'm still holding on to my email, like just kind of eye in the future. Yeah, it's such a bum out because it really the first two shows were. Um, like we were all very, very stoked. But even then, as they were happening, there was this feeling of dread in the background because that week it, it went from um, kind of like the virus being kind of a, a, a distant threat to a curiosity to right in your face so fast that even as we were doing those shows, we were thinking, oh no, like I don't think this tour is going to be able to go on much longer. And it went from maybe we can get a few weeks out of it to we're going home tomorrow, like so fast. And it was just a huge bummer because it, it was really, it was really great. Um, the first two shows were excellent. The crowds were way into it. Um, it was a really good lineup and going out there and playing with Howard again was really super fun. And just hanging out with him in general, um, is just awesome. So ho- here's hoping that it still happens. We're going to make every effort possible for that three band package to still happen. Um, we're just uh, like everybody else kind of just waiting to see when we can do that yeah i saw i um saw the recent post saying like eyeing the the fall or winter or something and you know fingers crossed um i work at a university and we're already like we're not doing in-person like teaching for students uh in the fall so it's yeah yeah i'm not exactly uh putting (laughs) i'm not exactly banking on that but uh you never know right you just never know well, we could all just like Wayne coin it from Flaming Lips and hop in bubbles and then we could mosh and run into each other. And that seems kind of fun, actually. Yeah. And just the other day I was watching um, one of the things I've been watching is a bunch of Always Sunny episodes, because why not? And they have the Gang Gets Quarantined episode and they have like the perfect um, quarantine outfits on. And they even have the little bubble over their head you can stick a beer into. So I maybe did, if I... everyone, if they start selling those and everyone gets those, we'll be all set. I know what I'm doing after this interview because I forgot about that episode. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I just remembered like a week or two weeks ago. I was like, how have I not watched this episode yet? And then <laughs> that was perfect. My wife and I have been catching up on things we've missed and re- revisiting stuff. Like we're, we've we started rewatching Scrubs and been enjoying it. But Sonny's like, Sonny's right there. And why haven't we thought of that? Um, yeah. 
So um, one thing I, I in doing the show, I've talked to a handful of people like a lot more since there's downtime. I talked to JB from um, August Burns Red and I asked him about this. I want to know if you could uh, corroborate what he said. Uh, back in the day, in the way back, Killswitch Engage, especially on like the Set This World Ablaze DVD documentary, came off as like a big time partying band. And I asked him if that was still the case and if touring with you guys was mayhem. And he's like, nah, they're they're very, very chill these days. Can you can you comment? Is that true? Are you guys hella chill now? I don't even know if we I don't know if the big time partying band thing is really super accurate. It depends on your party definition, I guess. Because um Maybe or I, I guess up, if, maybe I'm mixing up like stage antics with a uh, kind of the off the on the road lifestyle. Yeah, well, maybe, but like we, you know, we definitely put down our fair share of beers every night, pretty much. So if that is a party, then that's one thing. But we're doing it kind of together on the bus, <laughs> so it's not really a raging party. You know, um, we're not like going out, going crazy or anything. We're just all sitting on the bus together listening to music and smashing beers the stage show um maybe it's a little less wacky maybe but we're all just kind of older maybe but um i don't know i still think that our main goal of of our show is that everybody leaves having had a really good time you know uh if if everyone is walking out of the building smiling that's what we would consider a successful show so in that sense of the word party uh, hopefully we are still able to pull that one off. I mean, the last time I saw you guys was at the Fillmore in San Francisco. Adam left the stage, ran around the venue, went to the bar, and I think did a shot with Rob Flynn or something insane, <laughs> which all that seems right, but I only know the Rob Flynn part because of Instagram later. Was that the uh, Anthrax tour? Yes, it was. Oh, that was great. Yeah, yeah. He No, he still makes his way into the crowd and uh, gets, you know, stops by the bar while he's playing. That still happens all the time. I think that's a party. <laughs> I mean, you're, you're stuck behind the kit. You can't really run around. Are you a little jealous? I know. I also can't have anything to drink while I'm playing at all, or else I completely forget how drums work. So I have to <laughs> wait till I'm done. <laughs> so I'm at an extreme disadvantage there compared to the rest of the guys. If I have more than one, I'm useless. So. Yeah, even one, I start getting really panicky. Um, while doing some research, I stumbled across something I didn't really know about kind of you in a world that you may not be super aware of. Um, how has your life changed since there's a character on uh, 13 Reasons Why with your name? I don't think it's changed much, but I have heard of that. I have never seen it. I've heard of it, and I heard the guy isn't the greatest of guys. Is that correct? I, I don't know. I Googled Justin Foley, was like looking at some stuff, and you were like the fourth or fifth result down after this this child. <laughs> I guess that's probably how it's changed. I think it probably used to be the first one, and now it's not the first one anymore. So, Have you considered a Max Power-esque name change? Uh, to Max Power, yes. <laughs> it's a name you mustn't touch, though. Um, I know, I know, I know. This, of course, is clearly a bridge, because while looking you up, I um, discovered that you're a big Simpsons fan. Have you been able to catch up on Simpsons now that you've been home, potentially with Disney Plus or something, and all the episodes being there? Yeah, I see. Here's when you say catch up, uh, I pretty much ignore the last, geez, it's sad to think, but it's almost like 25 years of ignoring the show. The first. You jumped off at like five or seven? No. Oh, well, how, how, what are they at now? 30 or, okay, so not 25. So 20, maybe 12, like season 12 
still has some really good ones, and then it gets some weird ones start creeping in. I think thirteen is when it starts having more weird ones than good ones for me. But I continually watch everything before then, like all the time, and it's just in my in the forefront of my brain constantly. I'm one of those guys, you know. There's totally a lot of us that. around. Yes, no, no. I'm one of those guys. Like I, I collect all the DVDs because I have that kind of brain, and I have to for some reason. So I have one through twenty, and I've oh, okay. seen two through probably 12 or 13 dozens of times i've watched all the yeah. other ones once yeah i have uh i have one through 13 too and i stopped buying them after 13 <laughs> uh 13 actually has my favorite episode which is uh, when i explain it to people not a good episode but it just stuck with me it's the one where they meet fish and homer starts smoking weed <laughs> and the weekend a real yeah exactly <laughs> they call him fingers but you never see him thing um what your is mom it? is hot <laughs> <laughs> See? Yeah, that's that's a good episode. Love that one. Uh, what is your favorite episode or episodes? I really, I really like the Halloween ones because they're so just off the wall. But I feel like that's sort of a cheat answer. And I think amongst because like there's so much stuff in those episodes that doesn't, um, you know, follow the run of the show. I don't know if that's a good answer or not. You know, well, I think there are some fans that would say it's not like a proper Simpsons answer. So well, it's funny you say that because I was just on a walk with my wife and we were like, getting in our sunshine before we get back to our holes. And um, I, we walked by this recycle bin and sticking out of it was a bunch of two by fours that had nails in. It. I'm like, aha, we need those for when the aliens come. And she just like <laughs> shook her head because she's sick of me and my Simpsons. <laughs> Well, I mean, see, like, I mean, did you grab them just in case somebody? I think we've got some. We've got some flimsy uh, fence posts that I could get to if I need them. Right, well, one of these days, we're going to build one that will destroy us all. It'll be too big. <laughs> but um, so, so for for a non-cheat episode, um, man, they're just all bombarding my head. I mean, an easy one is the monorail for sure. Um, I just saw recently something that the Who Shot Mr. Burns was, I think, 25 years ago right now, I think, or wow. the first Who Shot Mr. Burns. And I saw this list of um, baseball players that were born between Who Shot Mr. Burns episodes one and two. <laughs> and like Cody Bellinger was one of them on there. And I was thinking, oh, my God. <laughs> what a specific <laughs> list. <laughs> Who was that for? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was nuts. But... Those, those, uh, that who shot Mr. Burns, those two are probably in there. I really like the Lemon Tree episode a lot. Um, I've been thinking about that, watching that one recently a lot for some reason. Yeah. Um, like, oh man. I like the, uh, I like the Angel one with Lisa a lot too. There are some good Lisa episodes that I really like, and that's mm -hmm. one of them. I think that one's great. Uh, some of the jerk ass Homer stuff is just, it's just all good. Like You're when he goes a, back to college and all that stuff. Grimy episode. Oh yeah, grime. I think I think grime is a, a kind of divisive episode among Simpsons fans. I, I, I for a while I was be. I was listening to that um, Simpsons podcast, um, Talking Simpsons, for a while. Uh -huh. I don't know if you're aware of that one. I know of it. I, I listened to the other one, the one with uh, what's now called Round Springfield, but it was something else. Okay. I haven't listened to that one yet, but I was listening to the other one, and uh, they would occasionally make references to the grimy one that was um, a little bit like snarky. 
And I was like, huh, I never, you know, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's pretty dark and weird, but I always liked it. Like I've heard that one is divisive and the one with fake Skinner. Um, yes, that's the other one. Yep. Yeah. I just re- watched that one for the first time in a while with my wife. Cause I started referencing all the different snowballs and that callback <laughs> and stuff. So I had to give context, of course. Oh yeah, absolutely. I've been, uh, kind of forcing my girlfriend to watch them all too. I, I try to convince Pseudo-forcing. my wife that we should do a, a watch through of every episode for like the sake of a podcast to keep us busy. And it was just like, man, I don't think I even want to do that. Honestly, <laughs> <laughs> it's just so much. It's so daunting. Yeah. Over overload. Um, so, I mean, I could talk Simpsons all day. Uh, you know, one more question. Do you have any collectibles, any figures that you cherish of the show? No, I had like a bunch of really crappy old toys for a while from, um, you have the playmates like, no, it was just like junk from, um, a Burger King or something like Halloween themed promotional junk that I had for a while. Um, I don't really have that anymore. I still do have, all of my VHS tapes that I recorded the show on from way back and had them all labeled. I still have all those in a box somewhere, even though I don't have a VCR, (laughs) but I do have the, I guess this kind of counts. Um, my Christmas present from my girlfriend was she had an artist draw like a three panel comic of, me and my cats in Simpsons style That's and it looks cool. awesome. Yeah. And it's me. Like the first panel is me sitting on my couch with a couple of beers, Duff's of course, the painting, the sailboats behind me. And I have one of my cats in my lap. And then the second panel, the other cat walks in the room and I get excited to see the second cat. And the first cat who is a little annoyed by the second cat is annoyed by the second cat. And in the third <laughs> panel, the second cat is up on my lap and we're happy. And the first cat is off to the side, annoyed that she lost the lap to the other cat. And it's all Simpsons. Like it looks fantastic. And that's probably my fake answer for that. No, that's awesome. It sounds super relatable too. I have a pair of jealous cats. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Have you had the Duff at the theme park? Yes. Yep. Um, Yep. Went to Moe's, had the Duff, had a lot of them. (laughs) I had the one because I felt like I should. I wasn't in love with it, but I love being there physically. Yeah. Uh, it's one of my favorite places, I think. Yeah, I haven't been there in um, probably four or five years, but I heard they changed it a lot, so I need to get back one of these days. I was October, I want to say, in L.A. It was cool. Anyway. Awesome. Uh, how is your beard faring these days? Because I know some places encourage, if you're wearing a mask, that you need to trim it. I have not. I've got a big, dopey beard myself. Oh, yeah. Um, I haven't heard of really much of that, but the mask does make my beard look pretty ridiculous when I take it off because there's like a huge divot in it. <laughs> but yeah, it's getting a little bit a little bit longer. I haven't um, I haven't been shaving my head either. Uh, and it's not a good it's not a good scene up there. So that's kind of funny. Now, I, I also on your Wikipedia, it's like your personal section is very interesting. It mentions your cats. It mentions that you're known for having a beard and shaving your head. What sort of, like, you, you shave your head, I'm assuming you're a balding gentleman? Oh, yeah. Okay, same. Uh, when you do let it grow out, what does it look like? Do you have, like, a crusty clown kind of? you have a Homer? It is It is absolutely Mr. Burns right now. Oh. Like, serious <laughs> cool. Mr. Burns. I mean, it's not blue, but it's Mr. Burns. It's pretty bad. I don't have the liver spots either yet. 
but it's pretty and I've, i haven't grown it out like this i, I kind of got ahead of the curve when i shaved my head mm-hmm. i i did i had the final haircut i, I wanted to i didn't want to be late to the game with it so i did that when i was 30 so i haven't really let my hair grow more than three or four days in 14 years so this is uh i feel like if i just give it another couple months that top's really going to start coming in <laughs> You put it out. You like ignored it for so long that your follicles are now like they understand what they're doing. They're coming back. They're just gonna have full head of hair again. You're gonna. It's gonna be great. And the sad irony is that when I was a teenager, I had the Jason Neistat haircut, which is the exact opposite of how it grows now. So, oh well. We're very similar. I had a giant curly mop that looked like Murder Face from Metalocalypse, but like yep. longer. It looked just like that. And now uh, I well I. I shave my head like razor shave it for the first time in this quarantine, and that might just be what I do now. Yeah, once you go that route, kind of kind of stick with it. Yeah, it's easier than I thought. So, like, should the quarantine like I don't know if wrap up? Like, I assume you guys got the the fall tour planned. Do you have anything else in the books for you or the band that has been something to look forward to that? fans can look forward well, to i suppose <laughs> it's all it's all gone away of course that's what i thought <laughs> everything's gone away yeah there's there's like um yeah there's really nothing ha- happening we're in such a holding pattern right now you know we did that one um that one kind of acoustic version for um we carry on yes when you're on piano uh, we haven't talked about any others maybe we'll do something else but we're all just sort of hoping that things can resolve and we can at least get a plan on what to do because, mm-hmm. you know, we had a whole bunch of touring lined up, like all the summer festivals in Europe, all that. We had like tons of stuff lined up and obviously just like everybody else, it all went away. So, so I mean, I don't know if it makes sense to maybe start writing again. Like we just, we don't really know what to do right now. So unfortunately, well, what can fans do to help you guys out? Like I know you're on a, from where I stand as a, fan and observer uh, a pretty decent label so is like hopefully you get a decent chunk of sales could our fans just like get loot get merch or i, I suppose or just don't forget about us no. <laughs> <laughs> that's all <laughs> i know everyone's certain now you know everyone's wallets are stretched as thin as they can go so you just we just don't want people to forget about us i guess and it's hard because you it's weird you, you want to keep your name out there and everything but you don't want to be just doing boring stuff all the time and like you know i don't know i don't know how to describe it really but it's kind of a weird balance when something like this happens everyone's in the same boat and just trying to get through it in different ways i guess all right well uh thank you so much for talking to me today you have a good rest of your day and and, you know hopefully uh see you guys in the winter or next year or something because uh yeah i I miss seeing you guys live (laughs) oh thanks yeah really good talking to you so um stay safe you as well thank you
That was To the Great Beyond from Killswitch Engage's Atonement 2 B-Sides for Charity EP. You can pick up a copy now over at killswitchengage.bandcamp.com. The EP is basically pay what you want, but if you can donate, you should donate. Then pick up some merch and keep up with the band over at killswitchengage.com. Now to wrap this episode, I'm going to recommend an old friend of the show in a way. On episode 38, I recommended a band called A Light Within. From that band, Kyle Brent has started his own project called Molotov. Molotov is a one-man atmospheric metal band that kind of sounds like Deftones or Junius, but retains a unique and dynamic sound. On June 26th, Molotov will release the album The Tribunal. From that album, here is Confessional Lock in its entirety.
Tribunal by Molotov will be released on June 26th. You can pre-order a copy now over at molotov.bandcamp.com, then follow Kyle and Molotov at facebook.com slash molotov.audio. Now, if you'd like to speak with me, you can head over to farbeyondmetalpodcast.com. There, if you're in a band, you can use the contact me thing. Facebook.com slash farbeyondmetal. Twitter, underscore farbeyondmetal. Instagram, farbeyondmetalpod. And of course, the theme song is Far Beyond Metal by the band Strapping Young Lad from their album The New Black, courtesy of Century Media Records and Devin Townsend himself. Thank you for listening. A Catbox Production.